Hello and welcome back to Play Me Out, the podcast about sadness and the songs that get you through it. As always, I'm your host, Henry Russell Stoddard, stuck in quarantine due to corona, which you'll get to hear me and my guests talk about this week. And as for this week's plugs, the Fremont Troll Farm isn't exactly happening due to quarantine, but I'll let you know as soon as that's back up and running. But for now, why don't you go ahead and stop by the App Store and rate and review the podcast five stars so more people can find us. And if you haven't had a chance yet, be sure to follow our show's Instagram at at playmeoutpod. And while you're at it, why don't you follow this week's guest, Timmy Booth, who's the underscore booth on Twitter and at Mick Booths on Instagram. And if you like him and want to check out what he's up to, be sure to swing by his website, www.timmybooth.com. Well, I figure that's about good enough for an intro. Why don't we join this week's episode? Right about now, Timmy and I are doing some fortune telling regarding the coronavirus. Either we'll live in a post-coronavirus apocalyptic world when this podcast comes out, or no coronavirus will exist anymore. Well, honestly, I think that that might be what causes this podcast to finally take off. Because if it ends up being like a road warrior type existence, people are going to be in cars a lot and need a lot of podcasts to go through. So really, I'm kind of banking on that coronavirus taking off. Here we go. (laughs) Well, that voice, I'd like to give a little introduction to uh, who we got in the studio today. None other than Mr. Timmy Booth. It's me, Timmy. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. Right on. This is great. Yeah, fucking stoked to have you in the podcast studio today. We actually recorded one episode at one point, uh, and then I lost the audio. It wasn't good, and I didn't wasn't really producing the podcast at all. <laughs> it already sounds better in my headphones. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, this is a quality pod. I'm on quality here, you know? pod. That's not what we one that for. would delete an hour of my time. You know. Yeah. Whoops. You know, you we know, all grow. Podcast tropes, lost episodes, we've all got them. Yeah, so hopefully this is a good enough podcast that people are like, damn, it sucks they lost that episode. <laughs> oh man, that episode would have been so good with uh, that echoey room we were recording in. In that random gallery. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Well, shit, man. So uh, first off, I guess, welcome to the pod. And uh, I wanted to get a little information, I guess. I know you. It's I've been like really trepidatious, honestly, about interviewing you because I don't I don't know how to interview like good friends because you are yeah. probably one of my best friend in comedy, but just a very good friend in general. And I don't know what's what can we talk about? What can't we talk about? But uh, I guess the general top question I have at the top of the podcast for everybody uh, is how do you sad? <laughs> How do I sad? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I feel like the most of my sadness is just about me messing up. Like, that's my sadness mm-hmm. is, like, if I'll drink too much mm-hmm. or, like, if I... I don't know. The most sad part of my life, honestly, mm-hmm. more, it, it sucks. More than, like, family members dying. Knock on wood. No, I'm not, like, part of a... Uh, close relative dead yeah (laughs) like uh it was all my great grandparents and stuff and i was Mm -hmm. supposed to feel sad then but the saddest i've ever been is when uh someone broke up with me oh yeah it was a good like year and a half long sadness that shit doesn't like it yeah i know people a lot of times will like come through with like the you know my brother died dead trump card and be like ah ha ha, you can't feel anything but that shit can still fuck you up just as bad because the like 
a dead relative can't also then fuck with your head once they're yeah. dead. Like a, a bad breakup, like that shit can go on for like year, like you're saying, like a year and a half, even and, longer. And I mean, I feel like I've moved on from it. I'm married mm. now, by all accounts. Congratulations! Um, I've been meaning to say that actually. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a year and a half into your no, marriage. I think it's more than that. <laughs> Two sh- years? I can't say because I'll get it wrong. <laughs> I think it was. Oh, we were talking about this. Soon. It was like August two years ago, right? It might have been three years. No, it was no. two. It had to be two. So is it like two and a half? I don't know. See, oh, that's man. the problem. I just I know it was August nineteenth, two thousand and oh, oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. Seventeen, eighteen. Was what I? Was? I don't know. I can. Well, you, really we remember. invited you to our wedding, but I don't think it was a. Yeah, I was. We were uh, kind of newer friends too. I, I think we were see, newer that's... friends, but also I was just the biggest. I'm, I mean, I'm still the biggest broke piece of shit, but I was yeah. an even bigger broke piece of shit. So I felt very bad that I couldn't, you know, come to your wedding. No, of course. We did it up in Vegas though for that thirtieth no, birthday. Was great. See, that was great. I feel like that was my surrogate trip for not being able to make it to your wedding. I was like, I have to go to Vegas. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it was great. It was amazing. Five days though, which too long. Too long for anybody listening. If you're going to go to Vegas, you can see it in two, maybe three days. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you can find things to do. Yeah. Like, we ended up going, you were you were done, but we went to Zion. Oh, yeah, no, National I was cooked. Park. That's like, <laughs> if you get outside of Vegas, things get crazy. But, yeah, if we were, I think we were like in this weird, uh, uncanny valley where either mm. you need to be richer or... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think being more poor would have helped us in yes. Vegas. But like I think we just we we needed to be a little bit more wealthy mm-hmm. to go to Vegas and stay there for five days. Yeah, no, I feel like I was definitely like penny pension by the end of it. I was like, fuck, fuck, I'm gonna just sit here and drink the things that I have already bought and was, eat the foods I have already bought. I mean, that is kind of a microcosm of when you want to get sad. So because okay, mm-hmm. first night. I went and played poker. Everyone was having a good time around me. That first night was fucking insane. We went to Fremont. Yeah. Which is, if you've never been there, they got a giant screen over the, (laughs) like a billion dollar screen over so many homeless people. Oh my God, it's so rough. It is so rough. It's the old part of Vegas, right? Yeah. It was like originally Vegas. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I was so excited to go. And we had the great, we went to, what was the big casino we went to and spent so much? No, not the Sands. The Uh, Four Queens. Mm, it's fine. We'll we'll Google it later. Yeah. But we went in. It's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, we went in. Me and my wife's brother played poker. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, it seemed like on the ambience, like people were waving to me because the poker room was kind of separated off. And I was like, people are having so much fun. And I'm having so <laughs> much fun just watching my wife's drunk brother, like, like, Good lord, he was raking it in. Like we lost you guys because you guys went into the poker room and we didn't really like. I, I felt the weird. golden like, nugget. That's there it. We the go. golden the, nugget. Yeah, the greatest slice on earth. <laughs> the happiest place. These on people earth. were so mad at him for winning money because he was so bad at poker and but so he, like clearly an amateur. Yeah, he ended yeah. up winning four hundred dollars, and, and that, then we ate a hundred, like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars worth of White Castle that yeah, he bought. He donated. Oh. yeah, over seventy dollars. That I'll was say fucking that. amazing. Uh, yeah, and so I was. That was a thrill. That's like, oh my life, everything. I I had practiced poker going there, and I was like, I'm good at it because I had come out away with positive thirty. He had come away with positive four hundred. That was great. Yeah. And then the next day, oh man, we go to Little Caesars Palace. Little Caesars, I like to call it. And I lost like two hundred dollars <laughs> oh. in like two hours, and it's just like, oh, everything I thought 
was true is no longer true. I'm a bad person. This, this weekend is, is awful. <laughs> yeah. It ended up leveling out, but I feel like that is my type of sadness is where I'm like, I'm either like, everything's amazing or mm-hmm. I'm the worst person on earth. Why did I do those stupid things? The old good old fashioned up and downs. Yeah. I definitely know that. The, the roller coaster and Vegas really brought it out and it was my 30th birthday. Oh my god, that was a really fun weekend though. We had, you know, the best of times. We went to Polly. Uh, I went to Polly D's club where he has oh, yeah. residency. <laughs> yeah, I st- I set that one out. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that you good on you for sitting that one out. We definitely got kicked out. Well, one of our party was kicked out, and then we were like, whatever, we gotta go. Yeah. You know, be with our troops. No man left behind. We held it together. Vegas yeah. is just straight up war rules. You can't leave someone by themselves. <laughs> You might never see them again. No, That's they the might point. end up in the outskirts. They might end up at Roswell getting tested on. Is that the same state? Or is that Arizona? That's New Mexico. New Mexico. But it is. Area 51 was big. And locusts. Holy shit. I forgot about the locusts. That was insane. Yeah, I punched all the locusts and it tried to fight them all. It was apocalyptic. was bad. We went there. There were lo- There was a swarm of locusts. Area 51. The big meetup was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. Damn, we ate a lot of White Castle. Oh my God, we ate like a Harold and Kumar. If they, like if there was a unit to describe how much we ate, we One ate a Harold Kumar. and Kumar's <laughs> of White Castle. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, All right, let's get into your way. list. So right. uh, up first, let's go. We got uh, Denial. What song did you pick for that? Uh, I picked "Waking Up Drunk" by Spider Bags. Uh, okay. This kind of applies to Vegas, I think. <laughs> Just a little bit. And it's also my boys from North Carolina. Oh, do you know them? No. Oh, okay. But they're your boys, like built to spill, are my boys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anywhere, anyone from North Carolina is my boy or or woman. Okay. Or, but that's weirder to say. You could say you could say my boys, but when you say my woman, my woman, that implies that's poor syntax and uh, (laughs) patriarchal. So why'd you go with uh, waking up drunk? Uh, because it, it it's all about denial. So he goes, waking up drunk makes me happy, and mm-hmm. you just make me sad, and, or bring me down. And he's all about. He's just like you know, I'll just keep waking up drunk, and then all my problems will go away. That's how that works. I've definitely yeah. woken up drunk and felt much better about my life until I started to sober up. <laughs> yeah, I did find the lead singer of this band has since gone sober. I think he okay. had like a kid, but they're still playing this like jangly rock and roll. It's great. Spider okay. bags. I got, and it's part of just I gotta give these these guys a shout out. They're yeah, great. that's awesome. God, yeah, waking up drunk is just the worst. Because, like, you're not feeling as bad as you should for the previous night's actions yet. Yeah. And then you'll probably just keep drinking or, like, have one beer. Do you do that in the morning? Do you ever do, like, a, a hair of the dog? I do, but it's I, never waking up drunk. I think waking up drunk means I'm going to be very hungover. <laughs> the, mo- I, the time I remember waking up drunk the most is, like, I, I drove to Bojangles during college. <laughs> And I was like, I just, I think I'm hungover. But then I got Bojangles, Spicy Cajun Club. Good to know the order. Fries, large sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Drove back to college. It was maybe 10 minutes away. I had to roll down my window and throw up on the way. <laughs> Wait, you did a throw up while driving? Yeah. Oh. That, I don't think I should have been driving. I think that was waking up drunk. Yeah, that's fair. I've definitely, I don't think I've ever thrown up while driving. I've definitely had to pull over to do a little vom bomb. Yeah. Oh God. A little miniature. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I do also feel like waking up drunk is like very specific to denial in the fact that like you are not fully out of the night prior so you and haven't had to forcefully like face the reality yeah and our, the narrator of the song is like waking up drunk makes me happy that's super denial <laughs> that's a bummer yeah it's no like, i'm loving this oh god yeah i've always thought of like like having a hair of the dog beer in the morning as like if you're in an airplane that's crashing and you like pull up on the wings right before you hit the ground because you're still going to get hung over but you can soften the blow just a teeny bit (laughs) extend your exactly extend the torture a tiny bit oh man god so what like do you experience denial heavily as a person do you think um I think sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's a pretty. I'm trying to think of specific moments. This is like I'm flashing to therapy, where my therapist was like, "Is this a thing?" And I'm like, "Let me think of a specific example because yeah. I can only talk about my life. I can't think of it as this. Like, do I ever experience it now? It has to be like this one time I did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, you mentioned you touched on something I kind of did also want to talk about in terms of like going to therapy and and like I feel like we have had conversations outside of this. And if you don't want to talk about no, therapy, no, okay, no. cool. About kind of how utterly uh, not it wasn't completely not helpful for both of us, but I feel like we had a similar experience in therapy where we hit a wall with it and it just didn't seem to be helpful anymore. Yeah, I think uh, for the. See, I was like, for the price, therapy is not useful. But then mm-hmm. I told people, I was like, I'm only paying this much of therapy with the insurance I currently have. And they're like, that's mad cheap. And I was just like, oh, is it supposed to be more helpful than that? I was, I was just confused. Like, I don't know. Therapy seems useful, but I don't know. You have to be super active in it and super, like, thinking about yourself. And I don't like to... I'm th- awful think. at that, too! Yeah, yeah, no, I, like, need... Yeah, and I'm definitely a very codependent person. And yeah. So, like... But my our friend Fleck, he told me he's like maybe you need a life coach, not a therapist. That actually like, kind of makes more sense because like I, I feel like we both too kind of suck at being in the spotlight sometimes. Yeah. Where like I don't want to fucking talk about myself unless someone is leading the conversation and actively talking. For sure, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just need someone to like come with a whistle in the morning, like it's time to jog, <laughs> it's time to write. Mm-hmm. You gotta call your dad. Oh God, I'm awful at talking to my parents. I like it's not that I have bad vibes with my parents. It's just like ah, they don't know. Like I was just talking. I texted my mom. I was frustrated the other day, and I was like, I don't know. I think maybe just like I need to set a roadmap down to be in L.A. or New York in the next year and a half. And the response was just, Wow, those are really expensive cities. Was, <laughs> cool. Thanks, mom. I'm not like you know that's. One of the most commonly known facts on Earth is that New York is expensive. Yeah. Like water is also wet. Yeah. Thank you for the support. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, my parents, I guess, when we were moving out here, were like, that's mm-hmm. far away from us. It's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's, yeah, sometimes the bird leaves the cage or coop or whatever. But, <laughs> I don't know. My parents are great. They, I, I, I do feel like I lean on my mom too much sometimes when I'm just like, I'm panicking about something. How do I solve mm-hmm. this? But then she has this like Southern vibe where she's just like, I don't know. That's not a big deal. Oh, it just feels God. like a big deal. That's nice. Yeah, I feel like my mom has kind of come into that in her later age. and But like, 
good lord it was all about trying to solve problems growing up and just like helicopter to the point where like once i got out of the nest it was like i don't know how to do a thing for myself (laughs) yeah that is yeah i guess i've learned a lot in my adulthood after but it was like yeah i don't know (laughs) you know i'm in denial you're in Uh, denial about your mother no just about my own failures. No, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What am I in denial about? I guess. I don't think question. you'd know until you get to the next stage. Oh, let's. And then you get angry about it. Let's get angry. <laughs> Hell yeah. What'd you pick for your anger song? I chose Arming Eritrea. Yeah, by Future the Left. They're just my favorite angry band. They're a good one. And I just like, they're goofy, but also angry. Yeah. And they just, this one song is just like a, Fuck you to this guy Rick. They never mention who Rick is. They don't describe it who why they yeah. hate this guy. But just Come on, Rick. I'm not a That's awesome. So how do you specifically uh, process anger? Like what kind of angry person are you? Uh I think most of my anger comes out in the car. <laughs> oh man <laughs> In like traffic and stuff Yeah Yeah No I've seen you like, in some traffic Just anytime I drive I end up yelling It goes from zero to It's just like That is my outlet Like I'm not a very angry person Most of the time Sure But when I'm in the car I find myself just being like Screw you Like what It's just like That I guess it's all Because I feel like No one can hear me no in my car No one can hear you And you're safe like, like the Modest Mouse song, you know, you're not invisible inside your car. Uh, I feel invisible inside my car. Yeah. No, that was really interesting because I remember at one point, this was like recently we were in your car, and I think I had had like a doozy oh. of a day or something, and you were like very nice and just calm, but then I was flying off the handle at I cars like calling people difference. fucking pricks. That's the difference between me and you. Like, you were angry, but you were also trying to let the other person know how angry you were. Like, when I'm in my car, I'll, like, curse at people, but then I, if they look at me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> nothing. That's fair. And then, like, when you were getting, you were, like, my anger translator. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't actually want this anger to go out in the world. I want to keep it internally. <laughs> no, you can't keep it internally, because then you the die problem. of like colon cancer that's or something. That's the problem. I'm going to die of colon cancer. No, you got to just I articulate your I came on this podcast rage. to let everyone know I'm dying of colon cancer. Is that going to be before or after you get corona? Uh, I think it's going to be simultaneously. The coronavirus is okay. going to cause me the stress eat, okay. which is going to tear up my colon. Oh, no. <laughs> Me, no, I don't want your colon to be the death of you. No, I do. I have a lot of bowel problems, and I think it is based on my internalized anger and denial. Well, no, I guess I, we're there. I definitely like know that I have had like issues like gastroesophageal GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, or whatever, and like I suffer from it so much more when I am massively stressed or not like dealing with something in the best way or just like holding everything yeah. in or also stress eating because i guess i guess i just thought of a lot of things all at once yeah okay. no go 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 uh, so i get angry in the car 
And that's also where I suffer like IBS the most. It's like I'll be sitting at home all day and then me and my wife will decide to do something like mm-hmm. let's go down to South Center and go bowling or something. And then we have to get on I-5 and I'm like, oh no, my stomach starts hurting. Mm-hmm. Like before we even leave the house, I'm like, should we stay? And then, but it doesn't actually make me feel like I'm going to poop my pants. So yeah. I'm going down the I-5 at the most stressful moment. And I think this also ties into like epigenetics because my dad... What's that mean? That's I don't know. Where if... if Where you have... You genetically need an EpiPen? That's all I got. Yeah, my mom does. But uh, <laughs> that would be epi epigenetics. Oh, okay. Uh, epigenetics is like... Usually, I think it's from the father or so, your, your ancestors. Okay. Things that happen to them can get coded into your genes oh like generational uh trauma yeah type deal but it there's a scientific study of it okay pretty sure i don't know shit about shit but i'm pretty sure it's called epigenetics and i think i mean my dad suffered a pretty traumatic car accident when he was five years old yeah and so in my mind i'm like that was coded into his genes yeah now i was born and now i and maybe it's nature versus nurture he's mm-hmm. he's pretty nervous when i was learning to drive and my mom was too and so now it's just like oh god it's the scariest thing you could yeah. die in the so car did he like talk about it a lot when you were growing up or like mention it when you were I mean, around cars the family did not when i was around cars until i started driving them Oh, okay. But my mom would always be like, your dad's such a safe driver. And they say, I'm a safe driver, but it's just like... I'd agree. There, it's just like one traumatic event could be coded into your genome forever. I don't know Damn. if it's true, but it's... It, Google epigenetics, and okay. then I don't know if it's, you know... But I do think that might have something to do with it. Yeah, and I mean, even too, like, I think the way that they, they would then act around vehicles, and even yeah. if it ep- epigenetics isn't super hard science or whatever like definitely the way they would interact with vehicles around you while you were being right like in the same way i remember my dad my dad like my sister everybody in my family except for me are river guides and like my dad used to tell me just horror stories about the river growing up and like fun ones like i guess he cooked up cow shit and fed it to a bunch of shit-faced guests one time That's fun. Yeah, I but guess, then he also like watched poison. <laughs> what is the? What did your dad know. do? Wait, let's go back. These are, <laughs> there were a bunch of really dr- like the only people that because t- river trips are so fucking expensive that the only people that take them that aren't chartering him like if you're chartering it through a company like my sister took Hillary Clinton's speechwriter down the river. I know someone that took like Fred Couples, who's like. One of the best golfers okay, of all but time. But I feel like the beginning of the story needs the <laughs> guests to be really bad for it to make sense for your dad. They were awful. Like, okay. I, they were just like shit. They, they like they killed more... a small child, and then your dad's like, I'm going <laughs> to feed them poop. No, this was also like the 70s. Where too, people were just eating a cow. No, also like they, I, I don't know the exact specifics of the trip. I know that they packed like more beer than they did other stuff. So like they were just shit faced, which is shit-faced. unprepared. Very unsafe. You can't, like, you're not supposed to drink on the river. You're supposed to drink when you get off the river for the day. And so, like, I don't know. My dad, I'm not saying my dad was in the right here, but it's a funny story. But, and so, like, on the middle fork of the Salmon River where he worked, there's, like, a bunch of cows that graze, so it's pretty easy to get a cow pie. And so he grabbed a cow. This seems bad. Oh, come on. No, it's awful. It's awful. It's very bad. Is there is the statute were, of limitations up? On oh, I'm sure. Cow? I don't. Well, first off, what crime is feeding humans cow shit? I don't know what that is. 
Uh, I'm sure there is one. I'm sure there if is. If there's too. not, we need to write one. <laughs> <laughs> write a new crime. <laughs> the OR Stoddard Bill. <laughs> um, but Those... no, I guess they were so shit fa- like drunk to the point where they didn't realize they were eating cow that shit. family. Yeah, was the Manson family. That would be That's the only how... way to make it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'll have to ask my dad. I'll let you know after the podcast okay. off air what the deal was. And you but, should ask him if you're allowed to talk about it without yeah. the government coming after That's him. very true. I mean, I don't talk about who my dad is on this podcast. Oh, okay. My dad is John F. Kennedy Jr. He died in that small airplane. So he's actually gone. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm also a Kennedy. <laughs> but no, so the, like, but the thing is, is that like my dad would tell me these stories and like specifically the big story is my dad watched his boss drown in a river. God. And so I'm that like, that doesn't sound like something a Kennedy would do. <laughs> but exactly, my dad was the Kennedy. The boss wasn't. Uh, but no, like this, like he, I guess he had a heart attack and fell into the river. But like, so I just learned that rivers are this giant thing that will kill you unflinchingly. And now I'm terrified of rivers. Like I can't. If there's white water, like I get very nervous. Like I can mm. swim, but I also feel like, you know, you got to prove shit to daddy. So I jump into rivers and stuff. <laughs> This reminds me of a story. I don't know. It was part of a novel I was reading. I can't yeah. remember. Uh, but it does also remind me of the next song. Yeah. If you wanna. Let's get into your bargaining song. Okay. This is bargaining. It's uh, the, the DBT drive-by truckers. Right. This is a little country flair for us. They're the three-axe attack, they're known okay. as. And this is it. Okay. Three-axle attack? Can I? preface this a yeah, little go for like it. i l- always like the drive by truckers but one time this guy came into my film school unc wilmington yeah and showed his oscar nominated short film which was based on the song and oh. it's all about a a guy who lived on a farm and then the banker comes to take away his land and he's like bargaining with the banker and he eventually ends up murdering him oh. so it's like a real folksy okay. folksy take yeah, should we? Start yeah, hit it that up? play button, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, just here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here comes the three axe attack. That's one axe. Oh, axe like guitar. I was thinking like truck axles. <laughs> There's all three, I think. That's what they call themselves. That's oh, their style of music. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like dueling banjos, but, but trio get, of get electric hit yeah. fiddles. <laughs> But yeah, what was that story you were saying? Was that the U.S.? Oh, I think it was yeah. part of Lonesome Dove. Actually, now I think about it. there was something I was reading about. Oh, I can't remember. That's all right. What was the story? It was just some. I I think it was part of a novel, and one of the characters mm-hmm. let this guy die on purpose, and it was part of his backstory. He's like, damn, in a river, and he was like, the guy was always a dick to him, and then he let him drown in the river, and he had to carry that with him. Throughout its days. Oh, I feel like that's also a semi-common trope yeah. of like you could help the person, but then you grab the briefcase full of money instead. I'm sure I'll think of what. Is that Mad Men? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so this banker man laid into him. That's like just totally the South. He's like he doesn't have a lick of sense because he talks slow, and I'm yeah. a banker. <laughs> and then he's like taking his farm away. He's like, no, don't take my farm away. And then there's just a sinkhole on the farm that the guy disappears into. Oh, the banker falls into Yeah, it? and maybe this okay. describes my feelings about bargaining. Is like I try to bargain, but then if, if things don't, you know, yeah, go the way, I just go to extremes. 
I guess emotionally. <laughs> you start digging sinkholes under people's houses. Yeah, emotional sinkholes. Yeah. So well, I guess, yeah, how hard do you typically bargain? I feel like I do super hard, but I feel helpless while doing it. Yeah. I guess I could I could definitely see you say like vibing with that for sure. Like I I mean you're uh in moving like you were gonna maybe move for a minute and like you were doing all sorts of negotiations. That's true. There. Yeah, my work wanted me to move to New York and the whole time I was just like, Alright, well if you actually value me, pay me more money. If you really wanna move like make me take my whole family mm-hmm. off this farm of <laughs> Seattle and move to New York, y'all better Pay me, you know. This yeah, is like the southernness me. in me, and um, and then they didn't pay me. So I, I was at one point I was super furious. And I was just gonna move, and my, yeah. I mean, hopefully none of them listen to this. But my plan was, I'll be like, I'll take your money, the little bit of money they wanted to give us to move out there, mm-hmm. and then immediately find a new job. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I mean, that's like if. I feel like I have been super hesitant to do stuff like that, but in the end, if they are undervaluing, and I, you know, you work very hard, I work with you on a lot of stuff, and like, if you don't value the hard work that someone puts into something, at a certain point, like, you can't count on them 100%, like, you are your own person, and that's totally within your right to do that. I feel like this is a step that really ruins my life most the bargaining yeah where i just like try to bargain and i'm bad at it and then i just like lash out no i'm the same way with bargaining where like i am currently trying to like get a raise at my work and like there's no money to be had at my work so i'm like very understanding so like i keep doing like this two-face act of like you guys need to value me and pay me more, but also I understand that things are tight right yeah. now and it's very hard, so, like, ah, I won't wait forever. <laughs> I guess I guess the lesson learned for me picking that song for bargaining is that, like, I have it hand-in-hand with revenge. Like, if I don't win the bargain, I'm going to yeah. take revenge <laughs> in, like, some way. Maybe it's an emotional way or, you mm-hmm. know, just quitting my job and getting a different job. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, you'll be sorry if you don't. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm a, I sound like a psycho when I'm talking about this. No, you don't like, sound like uh, a psycho at all. I think that that's the natural process just like that most people do. Unhealthy though. So. Oh, for sure, unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like to be like, oh, I, I didn't get my way, so now I'm mad. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing, and and like it's something that's been brought up. Uh, on this podcast before uh, Clara Pluton I interviewed and uh, they dropped like knowledge on me that completely fucking broke my world where uh, they said that resentment only occurs when you crossed one of your boundaries. Oh. Yeah. And I feel like at least in my, my work when I like do something, it's so much so that like I want to do the best job possible. So if I have to work harder than my job description entails to make sure that, the job gets done and done well, I'm going to do that, obviously. But, like, then I'll do that, and then it's like the curse of competence where yeah. you just do so much work and you don't ask for anything, then people are like, oh, they're fine with it. I guess I was, like, pre-ready to resent my work for making me move to New York. Not making me, but having me without, you know, compensating enough. And so the resentment was there, but then I broke it off, 
And now mm-hmm. I'm like cool with everyone at my old job. Like I love yeah. that place. And like I, I was real I was able to write very genuine like thanks for having me and, and allowing me this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it was like I did I didn't step over my own what what did you say it was? It was like resentment. Resentment only occurs when you cross one of like your boundaries. Yeah. So I didn't step over my own boundary. I almost did. I had like one leg across. I was ready to resent. And then I pulled back. And then I was able to just be actually grateful for the opportunity. Hell yeah. I love those people. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, this is fun. Shit. No, this is good. Yeah, let's get okay. into your depression song. The fun thing, this is my depression song, and I was like, it's kind of depressing, whatever. But this was like what I would, you know, this type of music I would listen to in college when I was feeling down. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I only know like one song from this is uh what is the name of this song? Uh this is uh hold on. <laughs> oh boy. Of course I took the music away from uh, Camera Obscura. <laughs> yeah, the band is Camera Obscura. Uh but I was like, this used to be my like twee phase. Like me and my friend definitely had a hardcore twee phase. Oh yeah. Shoot. I'm all about that twee baby. It, it's wild. Like we used to hang out, listen to like Los Campesinos and shit. And now she has come out as yeah. a trans woman. Oh fuck yeah. And it's just like, damn, we were twee as fuck. Like more twee yeah. than we ever thought. We used to l- listen to music like this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Fuck uh, yeah. But like I used to get depressed to this stuff and then I gave you the song. I sent this to you. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, I was in Safeway in Factoria, Washington. Okay. And they played a song by this band. Was that, it uh, French Navy? Yes. Yes, that's the one I know. It made me depressed all over again. Because ah, now, no. it's like that Patton Oswalt bit about like Toto's Africa in a grocery store. It's like the saddest place to hear a song. It's like grocery store. And like it's like, I lose... This was my. I used to think I was so cool, and now Safeway is playing this. So it's like a whole <laughs> other type of depression. Oh no, I realized that too recently. I went out to get pizza with my brother, and we went to this restaurant, and literally every single song was like 2009 Henry. Like, all yeah. I am is like trendy music for restaurants now. It's the yeah. worst. Oh, Safeway. Used to think you're, the worst you're so- place to hear your song that you like, I think, is Office Depot. Their Ooh, playlist yeah. is. Bust. What all is on the Office Depot playlist? Like, is it like Modest Mouse Float On? Or No, it's just like adult contemporary. Ooh. Dude, we're getting to the point where the shit we grew up on is working its way into adult contemporary. I know. It's this weird. could be an adult contemporary Absolutely. song now, and it makes me sad. I still would go see them if Camera Obscura ever came to Seattle. I like looked up their tour dates. I don't think they've been in a while, but yeah. to me, they're like they rode the waves of uh, Bell and Sebastian, but did their own thing. Definitely does have some uh, Bell and Sebastian vibes. To me, it's like when I'm sad, I want to be a little cute. You know, I want to be. That's yeah. we. No, like, like, I'm uh, sad, like 500 but Days I'm of cute. Summer style. Yeah. <laughs> so you get kind of twee in your sadness, you'd say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I feel cool for being sad. If oh, it's, God, it's that's like a the light worst. sadness. No, yeah, I get that. Where it's like a nice little sweater you get to put on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like that sound, just me going, just walking around like kicking little pebbles yeah. around. But you're so fashionable, but you're so sad. Yeah, you've got that trendy sad going. And it might be me avoiding actual sadness with like a <laughs> facade of style. Yeah, no, I definitely get that where it's like, 
I feel like I have oftentimes in my life like experienced large tragedy that I don't process and then I'll like cling to a tiny loss and then just get like manufacturedly yeah. sad over that. And to me it's like sitting on a bench in a park listening to this song and there's like clouds and it's like meh. Yeah, it's like I could embrace the real sadness and just like I don't think I could survive if I embraced all the sad things that happened to their full extent. Yeah. You know? It's like you somehow have to like compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. I know. No, you you, you got to compartmentalize to a certain degree, but also I feel like I got in trouble in my mid-20s, mid-early 20s of just like compartmentalizing every facet of my life to the point where I wouldn't be able to get a net beat on how my life was going where like comedy was going pretty well, but then literally everything else was awful. So like I had like a tiny little beacon that was fine that I was like, my life is great. Yeah. Uh, But literally everything else is in tatters. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I guess it's just like the sad boy thing is mm-hmm. uh, listening to Twee and sad as a personality, baby. <laughs> it's just like getting a little bit, just a, instead of embracing the full sadness yeah. and like working through it, you just have a general air of sadness mm-hmm. and, and forego any actual growth. And then you're super fun to be around always. Yeah. <laughs> Just bringing up, like being sad, not processing your own shit, and then just like bringing up that kids are dying or kids are in cages when people were like just talking about their kid graduating high school. Because to you, you live in that little, like I am having trouble with that with the coronavirus at work. Everyone's like super scared of it, and Mm -hmm. I just keep making jokes. I'm just like, (laughs) I just all of a sudden at work because everyone had, we had a meeting about it, and I was just like, afterwards, like like maybe an hour later, I was like, Guys, I just read coronavirus is infecting water now. It's literally raining corona. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? And I was like, nah, I'm just kidding. See, no, I do that too. Where, and it might be the same, like a similar thing with you. But like, if there's something that honestly scares me or like I'm afraid of, I make jokes about it yeah. to take the power away from it. So For like, sure. I keep, we had layoffs at my job recently. And like I'll do like I'll jokingly like if someone minorly puts me out and they're like oh thank you so much I'm like no worries just uh, the CEO also said you're fired <laughs> uh, but then people are like classic you you probably shouldn't make jokes like that because we also did just lay a bunch of people yeah. off that was <laughs> oh awesome. man yeah well right on let's get into your acceptance baby okay hit that this acceptance is the song. most accepting song I could think <laughs> of this is such a this Kamaya build you up. I don't know. Well, who is Kamaya? She's a rapper. Okay. She's cool. This song's not like other songs of hers. There's other ones that I was like afraid to show you. Why? Because there's like, you know. Swears. Swear words. <gasps> Timmy, I, I'm i glad you didn't show me. You know my voice, my stance on fucking swears. Yeah, this is all about building yourself up. Mm-hmm. You just yeah, it's like a therapy song. Like <laughs> that's all I can think of acceptance. I'm like, yeah, you gotta build yourself. Yeah, this is like this is some jogging music. Definitely is. I could see getting some gains to this song. Yeah. No, I've realized that like in terms of like exercise as well. Like I just have to force myself into it. Like today, I I have been in the shittiest mood for like three days and just like such a sad sack for like a bit. And I was like gotta interview timmy tonight uh-huh. i was like can we push the interview an hour i need to go to the gym or else i'm literally yeah. gonna think about a bowl of bullets the whole time I'm like uh-huh. <laughs> no it's weird 
you gotta you gotta do it yourself, man. I like yeah. that. To me, my real acceptance music is like an audiobook or podcast. Like I like spoken <laughs> word when yeah. I'm jogging, and it's like usually, you know, people being inspiring and stuff. Yeah. Or, or like I've been listening to audiobooks lately, and it's just like mm-hmm. a little escape. And it's like even in the middle of the work nowadays, I have a new stressful job that I love. Yeah. And it's like a challenge. But like, ooh, I'm bad at challenges. But here we go. <laughs> and so then, if something feels extra hard to deal with, I'll put on an audiobook and like walk up the hill and like come that. back. It's like, yeah, you just need someone to come build you up. You I like know? that. But this is about like connection. I think this is about like, this is to the point where if you're actually dealing with something, like to get to the point where you're allowing people to be kind to you, that's like mm-hmm. a huge achievement like some people are just so sad like even when people try to help them yeah no i've definitely been in that place before like it's hard to accept people trying to help it seems like they're just telling you to fuck off when really they're just like hey if you need someone to talk to or it's just like no stop yeah it's just like you have to put yourself in a place to allow yourself to be built up but that's just like it almost feels like people are always there to build you up. And yep. maybe that's just like, I should knock on wood because people won't always be there. But it's like, you have to be, because sometimes people are being very kind to me and I just reject it. You know? Yeah. Well, people say nice things and like, <laughs> like compliment my comedy. That's the worst thing. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we are pretty similar there. I'm just like, nah. but you have to allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, no, and I too struggle. You might, I don't know, identify with this because you're close with your mom as well. But like, I feel like so much of my shit was helicoptered as a kid. Oh, yeah. That like something that has been super important for me is the realization of, or like being able to do things on my own to the point where then I'm like, no, I have to do it alone. Like, I had a therapist tell me that like I was sent a message that. Um, I would like never accomplish something on my own. And so then like after that, I was like, everything I have to do, I have to be able to do by myself, even if everyone I'm working on with it bails. And so like that has been super detrimental in terms of my overall growth in terms of like healthy teamwork or like working as part of a team or being helped. For me, it's like in my mind, like comedy, like I'm never going to be successful until I'm super successful. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no in between where I could do well. (laughs) I either have to be the best or no one's going to. Or I'm some shitty open micer. And so like, if I just do okay, it's almost like, I really liked your set. I was Mm -hmm. just like, oh, no, not yet. (laughs) You can't like it yet. Don't tell anyone about that joke. It's not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, go away until I'm really the best. Yeah. But that's never going to happen. So it's like, it's like <laughs> no one's ever going to be the best. Oh, no one will ever be the best. Even John Mulaney just stole a joke. I know. God, I'm like, I can't believe him. People I really like, <laughs> they're the best. But not, I don't know. It's no. a weird thing where I like shove it. I don't know. Well, even they're people too, which is the thing that like I feel like I have struggled with, where like I idealize the best to the point where they're on a pedestal or like on some sort of just like other level. And then it's like, oh, wait, no. They're actual people that like have had to struggle and get to the point where they get like good. Yeah. And yeah. then along the way, people were like, I liked your set. And they're like, were they like, oh, thank you. I mean, that's what I, that's my default. It's just like, thanks. I don't know. If someone gives me a compliment on like my comedy, I'm just like, cool, bye. Like, I, I can't, I can't accept yeah. good words. It's bad. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, that probably just, I mean, comedy is one section of our lives, but it probably sure. applies to everything, you know? Oh, yeah, no, like, even at work, like, I have a, I'm sitting at, at work with an email that's been in my inbox for two days that is someone being like, hey, I really appreciate all the extra touches that you do on stuff, and, like, I just, like, don't know how to respond yeah. to, to it no, in a I way that's that... like, I, yeah, like, I don't like praise, I need praise, but I don't like praise, it's weird. Yeah, I think that, something similar happened to me at work. And they're like, oh, we really like this. Like, this is exactly what we were looking for. And I've been, like, struggling with it for a few days. <laughs> and then I'm just like, ugh, I feel like it's not, you know. Yeah. I don't know. There's no well, way you're I hard can on accept yourself. that compliment. <laughs> and even with, like, my wife and stuff. My, my wife. wife. God uh, damn it. <laughs> oh, Timmy, we're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> she says nice things about me. And I'm always just like, yeah, thank you. No, I also, I really also struggle with that in, like, relationships where, like, to a point that I think in the past has been detrimental where it, like my partner will be like, Hey, that was really great. And I'm like, well, what do you care? You love me. You're stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm not worthy of love. Your opinion doesn't count. Of course you love me. And we should you love both me. send this to separate therapists and have them talk about like <laughs> fragile masculinity. Oh yeah. Like, uh, we're like just exhibiting. Mm-hmm. This is just how things unfortunately are for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it's hard being nice and open <laughs> and shit. It's yeah, hard. it's rough. And ha- allowing someone to build you up. Yeah, allowing someone to love you, let them in. Oof. I know. Oof. It's hard. Yeah. I don't want to let it's, someone in. They'll yeah. hurt me, or uh, you hurt me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's rough. All right, I'm let's, working on let's it, man. Cry for a minute. Let's just take a, a five minute cry break. You know how like some podcasts will have like airplane breaks. We yeah. just have cry breaks. Yeah, let's. Uh, all right. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute the podcast right now while we cry. <laughs> Did you mute it for? Real? I don't know. I can't. I don't, actually, I don't know anyone. if there's an actual I mute. Don't oh. Trust anyone? I love my mom too much. No. Epigenetics. Oh. Wow. I actually don't know how to edit, so I think that's gonna that's stay. Gonna... In the podcast, I'm very sorry. I didn't mean to mislead you there. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> well, before you go, let's get into your uh, your funeral song. All right. Yeah, let's hit that funeral so song. So this baby. is like a real sad boy song. This song, and uh, our friend Nicole Ash Bailey has oh, yeah? this band tattooed on her arm. In the once name I found of the that band? Out, no, it's a oh. it's a album art from the band. Oh, okay. This okay, was okay. my favorite <laughs> band in college during <laughs> the saddest points of my life. Oh yeah, you know when I got broken up with that one time. When you started smoking for a week. Yeah, I did, and then I got. A <laughs> That's my favorite. One of my favorite Timmy stories is that you just decided to become a. You were a smoker all of a sudden. Yeah, because my ex girlfriend used to smoke, and then she broke up with me, and you know, like, I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna smoke. Do you think that was maybe a thing that was like maybe if she sees me smoking a cigarette, she'll come back, or like she'll be like, oh, that Timmy's. I think changed. part of it was that I just wanted like. To meet people at parties and be smoking, but like yeah. my close friends were like, Timmy needs help. Like, uh-huh. I remember just like getting drunk and sitting on a floor at my friend's house, and everyone's like, Is Timmy okay? Should he be drinking? I was like, oh, Yes, no. I should be drinking. Yes, I should be drinking. And smoking American spirits. <laughs> and then one time I went to a gas station 
this guy, because I was smoking like maybe a pack of cigarettes every two weeks or something. Oh, okay. Like, I thought you were about to say a pack a day, and I was like, Timmy! No. But this gas station employee, this older man at this gas station, thought I must have been. He's like, you know, if you bought a if you saved the money for a pack a day, that would be a car payment. And I was like, you don't know I already have a car and I'm also smoking only one of these like every... And then It'd I got... basically be like a Netflix and a Hulu subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I like... Uh, yeah, I just got real sick. It wasn't even like I enjoyed it. I was just doing mm-hmm. it to be impressive. Uh, and uh, I ended up getting really sick, like worst sinus infection of my life. And yeah. I was just like, eh, maybe I should stop. Cigarettes not... will get you. And so now I'll just have I'll have a sip here and there. I always ask people for a sip of their cigarette. A little sip of a cigarette. Yeah, that, can I just yeah. have one sip? Um, so during this time, I was listening to a lot of Ockerville River, which our friend Nicole likes. We yeah. went and saw them live in Seattle at the Crocodile. How'd that go? It was great. They yeah. it was kind of like another picture of me because they had before. They're like, if you buy our hundred dollar they were recording all these albums or recording every show and releasing them as albums and they're like Mm -hmm. it's a hundred dollars for all of them if you buy that you get a guaranteed song pick and there was like other tiers they're like if you're just coming to the show submit a song pick maybe we'll play it yeah and the whole show i had submitted a song yeah and the whole show i was like waiting for them to play it (laughs) and like i was distracted from actually enjoying the band because i was like when are they gonna play mine when are they gonna play they never played mine but it was still (sighs) great it was cool because it was like the lead singer and then like two dudes. I think one was playing like electric drums and stuff, okay. like a drum machine type thing. So okay. he like really pared it down. But so uh, was your song here the song that you were trying to no, get played? No, okay. this one's a pretty popular Ockerville River song. Okay. So I guess we'll just play get it going, this. baby. This is, I I think it's just too literal because they talk about like blonde headed boy who's a rejected little... from his family. single tear coming down your cheek right now really just says yeah. it all <laughs> knowing i've been west dog oh wow my family's unknown boy golden curls of envied hair i'm pretty sure this song's about you it's actually a cover it's a cover of some guy but because the lead singer of this band does not have golden curls of envied hair the okay. guy who wrote it did, i guess you know right. do you feel like you're a bit of a black sheep i mean I think it's almost like a chip on your shoulder type deal. I'm not a black sheep. Like, my family loves me. (laughs) But it's like, I have to feel that, you know? I gotta feel like an outsider. Mm -hmm. You're like a black sheep in that you're not a black sheep. I know. Whoa, you're the only non-black sheep. Whoa. (laughs) Non-black sheep. (laughs) That's a terrible band name. Non, yeah. And it's quick. We get the funeral over with. Let's go home. <laughs> Nobody feel too bad about me for too long. Just everybody, yeah. you get a minute of an Ockerville River song, and then you head home. Yeah. There was, uh, I guess, you know, people can listen to my iPhone and find out what I listen to. But uh, mm-hmm. that happened with my uncle. He had died of a heart attack unexpectedly at like 50. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't actually my uncle. He was my dad's uncle. But my dad grew up with him as a brother because of the car accident we talked okay. about earlier. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but he passed away, and they they wanted to find out what he listened to, because um, he used to oh, jog through, through our phone. time 
all the yeah he used to jog through our town which i think is like a because i jog a lot and i love it and i mm-hmm. think it's like another epigenetic thing because my dad used to jog before yeah. his leg hurt my uncle used to he was like kind of famous because our town only has like four thousand people and he would jog all around it he's like the one jogger he's really? kind of hippie and stuff so i was like oh and then i heard the story they're like we wanted to find out what to play at his funeral uh-huh. So we looked through his iPhone, and all that was on there was Rush Limbaugh podcasts. Whoa! <laughs> that is a heel turn. I was not expecting yeah. that. Oh, I was expecting he was something like, sweet, like Jeff Buckley. Or he was like, so chill, and like a he used to be a hippie, and he jogged all the time. And so we we're like, how did he die of a heart attack? With the... <sighs> it's because he, he was had causing all that, the dumb ideas of... in his brain. I think it's just stressful. Yeah. Know. And yeah, that's the South. Uh, in oh, a nutshell, yeah. like people are cool, yeah, the complicated figures in my yeah. life. Yeah, that's weird too that you have one of those in their family. Because like my great grandpa was like the Portland bike guy or something. Like they, like he would just ride around town. This is before like bikes were super popular. They'd be like, hey, that's how the much bike guy. stress exists in our families. They're like. We have to be like a known figure. <laughs> I do honestly, or even just like a known quantity, like. Uh, like my dad is like that where like you'll go out with him in Boise and just people are like, Hey, it's Russ. And like, like you can't go anywhere without people like stopping to talk to him. And it's just like, none of these people really know us that well, but they all know of you, which is like, you keep people at arm's distance and they validate you in some way. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. No, I mean, when I was meeting meeting my wife, that was part of the appeal of me. I felt like that was part of my value is that I knew everyone in a college town. (laughs) Everyone would be like, hey, Timmy. Like, that was, I remember like freshman year, me and my best friend at college, Mm -hmm. we were walking down Chancellor's Walk, which is like the sidewalk that goes, and we saw all these people. We saw people waving to each other, and you're like, by the end of this, we're going to know everyone. (laughs) Everyone's going to know us. And it was just like, it wasn't about anything we could offer anyone. We just wanted to know everyone. Yeah. Some well, no, that's, weird... yeah. It, it's never like a, I need to get things from you kind of thing. Or even just like, just like, I don't want to offer value to these people as a person. <laughs> I just want everyone to know me. Yeah. That's my only value is that I know everyone. Ooh, you're no. a connector. Yeah. Yeah. You bring groups together. I don't know. So anyway, yeah. that I can feel that you're your dad going through Boise like I know him I introduced him to him mm-hmm. oh yeah you've met my dad that's yeah. what yeah yeah well he always thought you were very swell he's still alive he, he thinks you're very swell <laughs> yeah rest in Russ he's still alive just very stressed Russ somewhere peace. Russ in peace <laughs> right on fuck yeah man will you have any kind of final notes on on sadness grief for your process I don't know. I'm still working out my own process. Yeah. And I can be a better person all the time. So, Hell yeah. I don't know. This is good talking through it. You know? It is. Thanks uh, for the free therapy. Of course. Yeah, honestly, like, if therapy was like this, sign me up. Like, yeah. I need, like, there needs to be give and take. Like, I yeah, need I want to it be... to be like a debate where I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think about that Bible where they're like literally wrestling God in the yeah. Bible. It's like, I need to wrestle God. That's all Judaism is, is wrestling God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some skins versus shirts, God wrestling. Honestly, yeah. I feel like if I could do therapy with some, like, <laughs> like dueling banjos therapy, <laughs> it's like, trauma, and then, trauma, and then you just keep going. Well, shit, man. Thanks for coming by the studio. Thanks for having me. I don't 
I love the new spot and how you don't erase podcasts. Yeah. Anymore, so well, let's cool. wait for this one to air. Oh, I'm jinxing it now. Yeah. I'll save it in triple kit. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Play Me Out is a self-produced podcast by Henry Russell Stoddard. Our intro music is done by Lincoln Loot. If you want to check out all of the podcast songs compiled all into one fun place, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist. It's updated weekly with each episode's songs. If you like this week's guest, be sure to check him out on Twitter at, at the underscore booth and on Instagram at, at mcbooths. And as well, you can check out his website, www.timmybooth.com. Well, that about does it for this week's episode of Play Me Out. Be sure to check us out next Wednesday when we'll be back with another episode live from quarantine. Hope everybody has a good week and be sure to stay safe and stay the fuck indoors. Until next week, bye.